Hi, Whorehive. Before we begin this week's episode, I want to let everyone know who purchased tickets to our live shows that we have went forward with canceling those shows. So if you bought tickets for Atlanta, San Francisco, Los Angeles, um, just know that those shows were canceled. Um, in order for us to get you guys refunds on those tickets, um, the event had to be fully canceled. So just know, once we know that we're going to be able to go back on tour again, we will go ahead and make the announcement as we have all the time before our live shows. And just know for those of you who had really good seats, you will be going ahead and getting your money back refunded from Ticketmaster. And so when we release dates again, you will have to repurchase. So guys, you are no longer um, need to hold your tickets. Those will go ahead and be refunded to you. So wanted to let you guys know that. I know a lot of you guys have been hitting us up and felt that we didn't answer. However, once again, these shows were not really put on by us. So we had to wait for Ticketmaster to make moves. So for all of those who bought tickets, we highly, highly, highly and greatly appreciate you doing so. But just so you know, you guys are getting that refund and we'll be back live and at it as soon as we can. Um, so wanted to let that be known before we start this week's episode. Now let's get on with the show. Hey guys! Welcome. What it do, motherfuckers? Welcome to another episode of Horrible Decisions. This is your girl. Actually, I want to be someone new this week. Finally finished the 10 episode MJ doc and I'm going to be Carmen Electra for this episode because she's a fucking goat and I want the documentary on her whole face. So this your girl, Carmen Electra, a.k.a. Peg the Stallion, a.k.a. Mandy Baskins, a.k.a. that bitch. I'll be and, Denise oh. Rodman because Dennis Rodman is me, my nigga. I don't give a fuck about the job when I leave it. So <laughs> I definitely watched all of that shit too. And you guys know I don't give a fuck about sports. I don't even think you need to know me to know I don't give a fuck. But that shit was tea. No, I loved it. And this is not a sports podcast. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, because I know we may have some new listeners, because we have the motherfucking voice of the culture. The motherfucking, oh, I said what I motherfucking said, and I stand for everything black. We finally have Van Lathan. I didn't know how we was really going to intro you because you kind of got your own job now. We can't say where you work. So we have Van Lathan on today's podcast. Go ahead Yay. and speak to the people, Van. What up? How y'all doing? Man, look, uh, I've had each of these ladies on my podcast. Um, I consider y'all to be great friends. I love this fucking podcast. I always have. So I I'm, I'm happy to be here, man. I'm happy to be fucking with y'all. Finally. I'm, I'm it's mad too, that it took it's a, too late. Like, I was about to say, forever. I'm mad it took a fucking pandemic to get your ass on the show, bro. Bro, I'm never in tried. New York. Y'all had to go to Joe Budden's fucking pool party. Then the one time out, because we always wanted to do the episode with you together. We felt like you would be someone fun because we're all friends. So it was like, okay, if one of us is out of town, it's not going to work. But look at us now, all together. All right. in separate motherfucking locations because the world is ending. So before, <laughs> don't say know, that. I mean, don't, don't listen, say that, man. Honestly, I ain't going to hold you. So I wanted to start off this um, episode. I know that. Weezy and I, in the beginning of this, I guess, pandemic, 
Wizzy was like, all we hear is about coronavirus. We got to keep the conversation away from coronavirus. But I think that this has now become kind of a new norm, I would say. Um, and we're all in different locations. So I just kind of even wanted to talk to you, Van, and see how it has kind of affected you, not only for um, the worse, because it's kind of affected us all a little negatively. I wanted to kind of know in a positive way what you've taken from what's been going on. Um, it's difficult. Like in a positive way, uh, I guess I have learned again about my own resilience because mm. unlike a lot of other people who were able to deal with this, I had a complete fucking nervous breakdown, like 1000%. Um, with my anxiety, everyone says, oh, I have anxiety. And I'm not saying that people don't. We all do to a degree. Mine is completely crippling. It is, uh, it, it like, it decimates. Like, it, it came from, you, you, I'm scared. I'm taking my temperature 15 times a day. I'm reading everything. Aww. I'm getting into everything. I'm all fucked up. Then it goes into, I'm so stressed out that I'm having heart palpitations. Then I get scared of the heart palpitations. And then I can't sleep. I think I went three weeks with about 30 minutes of sleep uh, per night, yeah. all night long. I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I don't think we've talked about it. I know I've joked about, you know, being sexless, being dickless, not going on dates. And we've definitely brought up how this pandemic has affected us with dating and sex and partners. Um, but I don't think we've talked about much of the mental health. And even um, I started to run a report um, kind of just to work on speaking by myself and also editing audio. But then, like, I was speaking to my mom, and I went into kind of, like, a manic phase myself. I was on the phone with my mom after grocery shopping one day, and I was like, so, yeah, I'm going to get this, and I'm going to get this, and da 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 And I, she just, like, said, she was like, calm down. You sound really manic. She was like, I'm so glad you have Bodhi there because I, I really am an extrovert, and I'm feeling now like, fuck, I'm not around people and it's affecting me i mean um uh, my friend is staying with me for a couple months now so that's gonna relieve kind of just the need to be with human interaction but yeah we definitely haven't talked about how this whole thing has affected our mental health along with sex and our jobs um wheezy mentally ha has this affected you have you felt anything with depression or anxiety or you know being around other people i think we were both really like extroverted people that liked being outside in the beginning it did but i adapted pretty well like i mean i was crying a lot not like i don't already cry a lot but like just spurts of like going to a grocery store seeing all the masks and being like oh wow life is over like just That's um getting depressed about people i know who have gotten coronavirus and not understanding because i think in the beginning i just felt like if you get it you die and that was really terrifying, much like a cancer, right? Like survival rate with cancer when you, it feels like a death sentence. But the more that I'm becoming knowledgeable on how to take care of my body and getting healthier, I'm not as worried. Um, also, like I've done a lot of goal setting and a lot of things that have pulled me out of feeling depressed. Like I put things on the schedule, which I know everybody says to do that. So I, I feel like that part is annoying too. I'm so sick of people telling me, oh, do Zoom with your friends, FaceTime with your friends and get your calendar busy. But like, <laughs> you just actually have to do it and you'd be all right. I know more about stocks now than I ever have in my fucking life. I actually don't watch that much Netflix, which is wild. Like, I feel like I should. I limit myself to oh, nighttime to do it. I don't watch during the day. We talked about it on Patreon. I completely have gotten off of the binge concept. That phase like, is over. I, that phase is so over. Yeah. I can't binge a show. 
I've honestly tried to start a couple. <laughs> but you know shows. what? We all had it, right? Because one. as busy people, you didn't have the opportunity to binge. You right. can't just, you know what I'm saying? Our lives before you're like, oh, word, my nigga, we in a house for two weeks. Cool. Let me watch every show that y'all niggas been talking about. How I just started Sopranos. I don't understand. But That's I don't know. Cool. Now I will tell you one thing. Want to want to be on brand here. I'm horny as fuck. And I have someone to fuck, but I'm horny all the time because of this quarantine. And I think it's because I'm spending more time on my phone. And a lot of people do porn, bruh. A lot a of people lot do porn of- out uh, here. And if they wasn't doing it before, they, they definitely do fucking now. doing it now. Bro, I, I, I can't like believe when- some of the people that have started their OnlyFans journey in this Same. particular thing are people I never would have thought like who somebody, like who yeah like who? I, I, it's nobody that y'all would know but it's like people that i worked with that's oh, okay. like yo <laughs> click the link in the bio i'm like yo for real you were a like, marketing uh, intern yeah, yeah i'm like you you had just graduated from san diego state and you were telling me you're gonna be the next oprah by the way you can still be the next oprah and do your only fans no shame you whatsoever. you can't do both you can't do yeah, both you can do both but, but i'm just I, I, i'm surprised i know what you're them. saying because i yeah. think we always think like Someone's going to say like, oh, why can't you be up at the same time? It's just normal people's trajectory. What's normal to us is not only fans and Oprah, but the world is changing, bro. No, yeah, it and by the no, way, with the more people that do it, the more people that do it, the more commonplace it's going to become. And then you have a chance to be the first OnlyFans Oprah. Absolutely. Because there's gonna a lie. lot of motherfuckers out there doing it. I think that that's even the way. Um, and shout out to you. I know you just started kind of a wire recap with Jamil Hill. That's one of yeah. your um, one of your podcasts that you're doing right now. On top of the Red Pill podcast, you're still... No red pill. No no more red pill. Is you're it still pills? up for people to listen to it? Because I want people to still go back and listen to the content. Because we, Weezy and I were both on Because we was on it. We was on it. Right, right, right. Look, well, I still own the IP to the red pill. The red pill is, um, I own it completely. But uh, I am now launching a brand new podcast with The Ringer. I love um, it. Next week. So I have two shows with them. Um, and the next, the, the podcast I'm launching with them next is going to be more along the lines of what I was doing with the rest. I love it. And hey, I do you guys want to talk about IPs and be messy or not? Oh, no, bitch. I was getting into the motherfucking topic. Actually, I, love, I, I was I just about to, to that say. Shit. I've never listened to okay, that podcast Dude, I've never life. listened either. Like, so I've listen. Never... In it. So no, listen. I was in a fucking hole. I was in talking to Liz Goldwyn. Shout out to Liz Goldwyn from Sex <laughs> Education. Me and this bitch on the phone. She's like, yo, I'm in a hole. I'm like, can you believe I'm it? I'm not even going to lie. So I was actually going to bring that up because... Um, The same way we talked about kind of just the normalization of OnlyFans, I remember starting a podcast three and a half years ago and niggas looking at it as a hobby, and now all of this podcast drama and beef is coming out. So let's give a quick, just a brief rundown. So there's a podcast, and I mean, normally it's like, oh, don't give anybody love. I would say there's two. They're they're huge. They're called, well, the drama sourcing where we're talking about. They're called Call Her Daddy. Million Dollar um, Ideas or Million Dollar Something with Wallow, Gilly the Kid. That's also podcast drama. This this one particularly about the IP is super interesting. So Mm -hmm. Call Her Daddy, is a sex podcast of two white girls that live in New York. Um, They're they, us, but white. With no By the way, no, by the way, no, no, no. when we got into us. when we got into this, I knew the motherfucking clause was coming out. I like oh, even I when you said too. that because you were like two white girls. Why they gotta be? It's just, it's just another Yo, podcast. Be, with two well, I want to mention their white because like, I feel like that has a lot to do with. How What's going it? on? Now, let me, okay. let me say one Word. thing. I don't want to even say that they're like us because I really feel like just because two people have a sex podcast don't mean shit. Like, we're not close to near nothing horrible decisions does is even close to that. You know what I mean? Like, we're a sex ed kinky fun podcast. There's two white girls that tell their nasty stories. Cool. 
to me, they have, they're very Valley Girl voices. They, 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 they curate this audience that's like douchey, but they make money on it. That's a bigger lane than what we do. So it ain't no shade. And I'm, I, I, and I'm serious nigga, when I say what that. What the fuck are you talking about? Are you just saying this shit out douchey people. I, I was about to are say, we, come on. I think it, it's not even that it's a bigger lane because I would say that. Douche niggas way, well, is I'm a bigger saying, lane. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Saying, when we came out, um, because we are just two women that talk about sex, we could be compared to guys we fucked. We've been compared to cocktails. We've been compared to literally two girls that are open about talking about sex. And so cocktails, cocktails is based in Atlanta. We've had them shout out to Kiki and Medina. Um, but so Call Her Daddy is these, you know, two white girls. There's a blonde and a brunette. They openly talk about sex. Well, they signed so they a three got year acquired. Yeah, they they so signed they a three year a deal before. I think that's a big thing to say, and that's a huge What's part a huge of this. Thing to say. They were a podcast before. They did not yes. start, and Barstool Sports did not conceptualize this, which is actually what I thought. I but thought very Barstool early Sports, though. They, very was, yes, they early. Did, but they very still, early. Barstool was on them. Now. Very they early. Were, they were still a podcast before, right? So it doesn't, it's not like Barstool reached out. And the reason that's important is because I'm early on with a new podcast too. And people are like, hey, sign this contract and do ads with us. People wait, wait, don't wait, give wait. a fuck. But here's the thing though. They don't give a fuck. People do I that haven't. to me and Mandy. They do it to everybody. I know. I, but, here's the, but here's the thing though. If like you guys had a podcast and the podcast grew organically for a long, long time before right. any other networks came in, right? Right. There is something to be said with how early a major network like Barstool gets involved with your podcast. Nigga, weeks into like early, right, early. Right, right. So that that does lend itself to the success of I the agree. brand. Like you can't, you can't divorce those two things. That's why I said I think it's important to acknowledge that they had it before. So the T is, I've never listened to an episode. However, Same. the podcast has been on air for a year and they stopped letting episodes come out or stopped doing episodes for about four weeks. Nobody kind of knew why. They posted some cryptic shit about how people would find out. But the owner of Barstools, who's Dave Portnoy, came on their feed, basically, because he owns it, and talked about why there hadn't been episodes. And there was a disagreement between the hosts and Barstools feeling like they weren't owed enough money. Now, here's some cool facts, just interesting baseline that you need to know. So an IP address is your intellectual property, which is basically the idea. It can just, or then the name, excuse me, but it can also be the idea. So for example, horrible decisions. If you remember Mandy, what was it a year ago? So, no, two years ago, somebody wanted us to sell our Patreon episodes and put bonus content with them. For so some, Mandy for some and I money were like, that wasn't, that wasn't comparable to what we've been making. 75 grand. Patreon. Yeah. Nothing. No, uh, no, it wasn't even that much. Oh, it was they 50. It was 50, which wasn't even what we made. It was, on Patreon. 50 it was less plus than a bon It was 50 plus a bonus. If we reached a certain amount of subscribers, but here's the interesting platform. part. Mandy and I started saying, which was, which is a really interesting part of call her daddy. We were like, well, We'll just make our own Patreon as Mandy and Wheezy. Fuck it. Now, Barstool not only bought Call Her Daddy, but they bought, I can't remember the word, but the concept. The, so the, Alex the and Sophia, of them, the, every, likeness. Yeah, the likeness. Alex and Sophia can't go out and do something else, which was pretty dumb. Not, a, not saying that they did was dumb because Barstool's huge. They had nobody yet. So why not let this happen? Now, the podcast makes money. They give them a $70,000 base and it makes money from merch 
from ad sales and am I forgetting something else? Alcohol. Um, so they get Alcohol. a bonus. They they also get a bonus. Um, so they did. They weren't getting the ad revenue. That's the thing. They were getting a twenty five. They, they got a twenty five hundred dollar bonus based on every ten percent above whatever pers- whatever which accumulated in total to a million dollars between each, the two of them. Each. Starting no no no. It was five hundred thousand each. No, the first yeah, year. Five, the first year it was like it was like they split basically like a million dollar back. They split a million dollars. Yeah. yeah. Now. So here's what's interesting. Um, 70,000 was the base. They want more. Now, immediately, I'll be real. When I found out that they made half a million each on the first year and had nothing before Barstool, I'm like, you signed a bad deal. Suck it up. You're going to be big in three years anyway. Who cares? But I'm, I'm feeling two ways about this. When Dave Portnoy got on the show and said, I want them back because I'm already missed out on 400,000. I'm like, okay, four weeks, 400,000. This show makes a hundred grand a week, a lot of money. Of course you want more than 500 grand. However, they offered it back to the girls. So what happened was the girls wanted their IP, which was of course the worth of the brand. The most important thing is your trademark, I believe. You never know what your brand will be. It's, it's important to keep that. So they offered these girls their IP back six years less out of their contract, right? Six months. Six, six months, months less out of their, sorry, six months less out of their contract and a half a million dollar base. And they're still saying no. And have now this is where I said, I think the whiteness really matters. The nerve of you to sign this bad deal on your own, not come to work. They offer what you're asking. And then you're still like, fuck you and breaching the contract. How? So it- so it's crazy because this to me is comparable to what Meg the Stallion is even doing right now. Um, she she got a better management with Rock Nation, and now they're like, you're in a bad deal with Carl and everybody on that side. So we want to get you out of this deal. The thing is, and I think it's been important for what Weezy and I have done, we've seen our growth over year one, year two, and year three to where we know like we don't want to sign any multi-mil like multi-year deals, seeing what people are offering if it's not what we think we can do by ourselves. Um, and I think that they just hopped into this early. But regardless, you do have to, once you sign that shit, which is what Dave kept saying, I'll sue the shit out of you. So they're locked, bro. For the next two years, they're not going to be able to do shit together. Yo, but the now, girl fucking got on Instagram hey, talking about, I want to do the show again. I bet you do, babe. Right? Yeah. What are here's your thoughts, thing. Van? They are, they, they fucked up. But here's the thing. They made a mistake. Like, I've been them before. Right. They made a mistake that a lot of people make, right? Like me coming off the tour bus going into TMZ, I don't really have the leverage to look, to to sit down and dictate terms to them. By the time my last contract at TMZ was coming up, I was saying, "Okay, I'll leave and go do something else unless right. you give me that." But while I was there, I I was completely and totally exclusive to them. Okay. Anything that wasn't carved out, they could tell me straight up, "You can't do it." TMZ could take my face, put it on a billboard, take my face, and my face has been on billboards. My face has been on flyers. My face has been on commercials. My face has been in a in a fucking casino a slot machine. All of that stuff, basically, whenever they wanted to. They they mm. for that time they owned my talent for the time that I was there. With them, what happened was they go early on. They go and they 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 uh they negotiate back and forth with Barstool about the IP. They knew they wanted it. They always knew they wanted their IP. But they didn't feel like they had the muscle initially to negotiate for And maybe they it. Right. didn't. They, but they, they obviously didn't. So here's the thing. To anyone out there that's listening, Go once you do that, you're fucked, okay? Yep. If you have an IP that you feel like is going to last, is gonna last and, and 
and give you generational wealth, something that you're going to be able to go back and draw. Once you made the decision to sell it, they own it. Now, you can use the great success of your show to come back and re-leverage as much as you can, but they never, ever, ever have to fucking play ball with you once you do that. So selling the IP, making the decision to sell your IP is a monumental undertaking. I I, I really like what you're saying because I recently sold a pilot, right? Something I wrote, sold it to a production company that is going, is trying to get it pitched, right? And I want to talk about the difference between what I sold and IP because someone wrote me and was like, well, didn't you just sell something and say you can't touch it? Well, here's the difference. That series, right, has stipulations if it gets picked up. I have writer's credit. I can be in the cast. I'm an executive producer on it. I'm a part of the show. That was something that I wanted. Now and you're they protected start making, by the guild. Huh? You're protected by the union in, in the case of something like exactly. that. Exactly. Now, the if guidelines. they start making merch and something like that, like, sure, I understand that I sold that. However, I did say, let's just say a base number of 100 bucks. If I get 100 bucks for a year, you have to sell this. Now, if you do sell it, that $100 is $10,000, something like that, right? You're allowed to do those too. But that series I sold is just one piece. It's not an IP. Now, selling Horrible Decisions, let's say, as a TV show, and I had to sell that name, that's an IP, which was why I love what Jesus and Mero have done because Podega Boys, when I look at them, that's what I say because that is that initial fan base. But Jesus and Mero, the name, they were able to just take it and make it a show and not have it touch that podcast brand, which was very smart too. I mean, people all the time make bad decisions with their product. Now, I want to just make one more example just to show you how you can get fucked as a podcaster. And, I, and it is really important because it happened to me two hours ago. For fact's sake, got on Newton Noteworthy. It's a podcast I just started with a friend, Eddie, four weeks ago. Whenever a podcast is charting, anyone can hit you up, right? It's a, it's a B2B service. It's a sales team. They're like, who do we get? Who can we sell ads to? Okay, they're going. Let's get them. They're new. This person has written me and Mandy a total of four times over the course of three years. I looked up their name in our email, right? Literally wrote us a few months ago, told me that we have to sign a contract for a year, we get 70, 30 ads, actually not bad. But if there's an ad that contacts me or an ad that I found on my own, I gotta give them 20%. I said, hold up. So what did you think me and Mandy were gonna do when you wrote us? I said, you, didn't have, you weren't gonna have that energy for me and Mandy though, I know that. So why would you do that for this podcast? I'm the same person. She's like, well, 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 well I, I, didn't, I don't know what I wrote you. I said, oh, you wrote me the same email. So because horrible decisions had some weight, you would have been more lenient. But because we've been around for four weeks, you think I would have signed this? And that's the thing about people that hold out. We've watched it with the Joe Budding podcast, the Joe Rogan podcast. When people hold it and hold it and you grow your own worth, you can have more leverage. Because I probably won't have leverage for this new podcast. But let me get on that phone with her tomorrow with Mandy on the phone, discuss horrible decisions. Oh, you think she's about to talk to me about how if we find something, it's not ours? Get the fuck out of here. And see, People that's the use thing, you. And that's the thing that, that really happened with this is when Portnoy was on there, he explained that not even he expected their podcast to be as big as what it was, right? right. So when the podcast gets to the level that it is, and it's, it's apparently a huge podcast. I'm not going to lie. I had never heard of it before, but apparently it's a huge, huge podcast, right? You have earned the right to come back and ask for some things that they maybe didn't give you before. But Agreed. the bottom the bottom line is But to not show up and not record, like they're gonna tell you go fuck yourself right. in that situation if you 
don't come at it with a business mind. If you bring your emotions to that discussion, you're going to lose because they got your paperwork. The, right. the paperwork is going to be the most important part to how successful you're going to be in the long term with your idea. If you give your idea away, somebody else fucking owns it. And so either those girls, those women, those ladies, either they got to figure out a way how to make that shit right with them or they're not going to get paid off the shit that they built up. I, That's I was hurt to see what happened to them because as and a I, woman, I, I mean, not that I think what they're doing is right, but that, that was hard to watch just to know that they're going to fuck them. They're going to sue the fuck out of these girls. They're, they're not going to hold up in court. I, and I, I, well, I, I actually, but because but, uh, I want to get into the vanilla shit, um, I, I know that we don't normally talk about the business side of things here, but definitely with so much going on and so many people looking to start podcasts, um, I recently just did something with DJ Rose Gold. We had a mixer where um, literally the advice was, if you're going to start this podcast thing, whether it's for a hobby or to monetize it, I think to look at it as a million dollar business. Think that you're going to see a million dollars in the first year and operate it as such. So get a partnership agreement, figure out your expenses, figure out how you're going to go about um, delegating responsibilities. I think that that's very important um, to start off with. And I do want to get into the vanilla shit because we saved this topic just for Van. We wanted to get a male perspective on this. Um, mm. So our vanilla shit for this week, I want to read it. Um, Complex wrote on it. All of you guys have seen this nonsense. If you're on Twitter, if you have any sort of technology at the palm of your fingertips, Boosie, rapper Boosie Badass, <laughs> faces backlash after claiming he got grown women to give his underage son oral sex. So around the age of 12 and 13, he, he let it be known in an Instagram Live that the same women he was fucking, he made sure went and sucked his son's dick. We've heard him speak a lot on the parenting of Dwayne Wade and how he allies, Z what is it, Zaya Wade? Zaire Wade? Um, Zaire. I, it starts with a Z. But how Dwayne Wade allow, uh, allows his son to, you know, kind of be gender fluid and, and how he wants to to be represented, Boosie came on and pretty much was like, well, my son's going to be straight, so I have grown women sucking their dick. So I wanted to He's talk so to gross. you about this because my problem actually with this is when, we, when I went on Twitter and started reading the comments, a lot of men were like, I wish this happened to me. Um, and I think the conversation is more so where men don't view this as sexual assault and it really is. Um, and so Van, as a man, um, and, and you've been, you know, we're going to talk a lot of, about sex and kind of with you through weight, porn addiction, we're going to get into all of that. But I want to know as, as a black man specifically, what are your thoughts with one of, I guess, our culture leaders um, talking about this and, and yeah, just share your thoughts on, on what's going on. So full disclosure, I've known Boosie for a long, long time. We went to high school together. Okay. Um, and so, Baton Rouge. Uh, yeah, Baton Rouge, McKinley High. Like his big brother to Quarry was a was a uh, I'd say a friend of mine um, throughout middle school, high school, and then on into college. Uh, and then Boosie came in. We hooped together, played basketball together. I've watched his career the whole time. Been knowing Boosie. So here's the thing about this. Um, I, I think that it, 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 there are two things at play. Number one, there, there's a there's a level that the toxic masculinity goes to to mm -hmm. where it's inherently abusive, right? Not not just in this case, but in all other cases. The way men treat each other, the expectations we have each other of each other, we subconsciously abuse each other all the time um, by uh, by putting these sort of uh, rules in place. Another thing 
that really bothers me about what Boosie said was this. Boosie is not only, if that's true, not only is he abusing his children sexually, um, abusing his son sexually, abusing whatever other kids sexually, he's also informing them about women in a really dangerous way. Mm. What he is saying is that a woman exists to uh, initiate, reinforce, and validate your manhood. So you're a child, right? You're a kid. In order for you to get to a certain point, this woman has to do this for you. Uh, And that ushers you into the club that the rest of us are in. Um, When you cast women in that role, it is impossible to uncast them. What you start doing for the rest of your life uh, is using women to gratify or build you up in different ways. And then they become not people. They become not people that exist with their own dreams, their own hopes, their own fears, their own insecurities. They become objects to reinforce whatever it is that you believe or want to believe about yourself. I love woke man so much. (laughs) I just feel like he is just, you are like the better Dr. Uma. No, but but, but Vin, even even what you're saying, it's interesting because clearly this isn't what's put on to, you know, young girls. Clearly we're told to keep our, our cookie to ourselves. There's all these names used. You know, moms definitely aren't going out making sure we get grown dick to make sure we're straight. That's not right. a thing that's that's given to us. But I think it's interesting because I was having the, uh, a recent conversation and and I'm not sure where it's taught, but so much for men, the end goal is sex. Men take women on dates because they hope they can get pussy at the end. They mm-hmm. go about doing things. They, they lie. They manipulate in, I guess you know, response to hoping that they get pussy at the end. There's no other end goal with a woman except for sex. So what you're saying is is exactly right, and that's exactly what Boosie is doing. Now, I want to ask you, because another instance that I saw, we see a lot of the teachers. A lot of the teachers in the news are coming out that they're also messing with kids, and men in their minds are saying, damn, I wish that happened to me. Do you know why there's no inkling to sexual assault when it comes to young boys we know what it is of sexual assault for women of course we've all experienced it we've talked about it but men aren't talking about the sexual assault that is happening to them why is that well number one because sex is so such an aspirational thing i remember my father who's a great dad and by the way i don't think bootsy even knows that what he was doing was abuse i don't think that he i don't think that he would do anything that he thought uh, was abusing his, his his kids. I don't think he even knows. I remember my dad told me, my dad asked me one time I was 15, he's like, have you gotten any pussy yet? And I was like, well, you saw me jacking off to the Jan Jackson scream video. You know that I'm not getting any pussy. Like, so like, what, what are you talking about? Like, you know, I haven't, I'm no, I'm like, no, I have. He goes, okay, well, you know, you need to take care of that by the time you're 16. And I'm like, what? He goes, well, if you're a Lathan man, like, you shouldn't be a virgin when you're 16. Like, so go figure that out. And, and we're definitely me, not being told that. And, 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 and for me, that like that fucked with me because I was thinking, yo, with my brothers and my dad and everybody else, am I the weak link if no one wants to sleep with me? And it becomes when a did thing. you lose it? It not till I was seventeen. So, um, so like for me personally, I look at like sex is seen as such an aspiration. And when, and by the way, I, I can't speak to women, but like, there is something that overnight fucking happens to you. 
when you're like 11 or 12. Start fucking? It, no, not, I mean, no, not oh. that you start fucking, but like every fucking thing, shit that you never noticed before just becomes, it's, I, I can't. Elaborate. It, it's like, yo, I remember I like, I, one day I just discovered titties. And I was like, <laughs> and it, it, was, it was weird because I knew that titties were there. But I didn't think that they were actual titties. So explain. Did you, did you, did you, you see a move or something? Yeah. And then I was like. And then you and, did and, jump. And you were like, ooh. Yo. And me I, too. I, was thinking to, I was thinking to myself, yo, her titties are under there. <laughs> and it changed my life. Because I was thinking, under that shirt, there's a bra. And then under that bra, they're actual titties. And so for the rest of the time, I remember I was like in the sixth or seventh grade, I was trying to see a titty. My whole day was just about- Was revolving around titties. How can I see the most of a titty that's the possible that I could see? And I'll never forget, (laughs) I'm not gonna, like, 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 uh, we're we're at PE class and we're playing soccer. And there was a girl, she was, I I know her name, but I'm not gonna say it on here. Thank you. She right. somebody somebody snapped her bra, and when they snapped her bra, her shit was so big that the bra broke, and then the titties fell in the shirt, and they were free. Sexual assault. I was. It was a girl that snapped the bra. I was uh, uh, still. Uh, well, girls was, commit sexual assault too. I was fucking done. I remember about, that's I had to have a conversation with my dad about that. I, was like, I thought he was gonna say with my dick. <laughs> no, no, but no. So, so can, what can I'm saying say, is, can you say what age you were? You said eleven. That, at that 11? point, I was tw- at, that, at that point I was twelve. That was in the seventh grade. I'll say it's funny that you say that because so when I was in fifth grade, I was on the morning announcements. And it wasn't a, <laughs> shut up, the shut up. You look like old morning announcement ass nigga. <laughs> Man, he was like, this Peggy B, aka baby. <laughs> shut up. I gave the morning announcements in both and middle school way, and elementary. And by the way, let you guys know, there is a spot behind the jungle gym that no one can see you. you so if you want to go back. <laughs> can you not give children where to go and, and fill each other up? No, so it's crazy because I was on the morning announcements. And it wasn't until, so when I was in fifth grade, I started filling out my bra a little bit more. And I remember the boys, that was the grade they started taking notice of my titties. So I think that's about 10 or 11 years old. And I remember like being so embarrassed that they would talk about the size of my my breasts as a fifth fifth grader. So I remember um, going onto the morning announcements and sitting, like of course there was a table in front of me and I would slouch so that my tits were covered by my arms on the table just so that people couldn't see my cleavage as a fifth grader because the boys were definitely into titties. I so must have been a hoe right into elementary because I was kissing for cookies. I was... Oh my God, I'm that's serious. so fucking sad. What I kind was, of cookies? Whatever. You was like, like, what kind of... I gotta know what kind of cookies... Because if you... For animal crackers and shit, like what kind of cookies you... That's that's No, sad. like they no, were like no, cafeteria right. cookies, but we all, we all only got one. And I knew these boys wanted to, you know, kiss. So I was like... Oh, yeah, you was made to be a hoe your whole life, I'm telling you. Yo, when my mom found out, oh, my God. Kissing for cookies, and here I am trying to cover my titties. How'd your mom find out that you was hoeing for cookies? Because the teacher fucking said something. Because, like, nobody had cookies. (laughs) And I probably had mono. (laughs) I'm dead. Um, Van, I want to get into... My point point by saying that was this, though. So, So this is my point. My point is... So you have an intense biological imperative 
your body is telling you sex, 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 right. sex, 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 and that's uncontrollable, right? Like for most guys uh, that that I've talked to, that's uncontrollable. And what you need in that situation, as a young man, is you need somebody that can establish a healthy relationship of what sex is supposed to look like and how it's supposed to do. You don't need someone going, "Yo, my nigga, take off, go get it." Yeah. And so because of that, um. Sex becomes like something that 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 makes your manhood. It becomes something that like you know you like a like a notch on your belt, and you think any sex is appropriate sex. You think any sex is good mm. sex. You think so. You think that like, of course you wouldn't think that there was anything wrong with having sex with a teacher. What could be better? You know what I mean? Like that's a grown woman. That's probably the best sex. So right. And, and, and meanwhile, I'm- with women, we we the dynamic gets changed because we see women as not quite that way. We see them as more sexually vulnerable. And no, I think they're, that they're, people want to protect girls more than they do little boys all right, the time. Because, because, because of the hypersexuality of men as well. I, I do want to say something that you, you, you said, and I'm not saying that you're using it as an excuse, but I know you know this person, so of course you've probably got a softer spot in your heart for him. But what, when you mentioned like Boosie didn't know what he was doing was abuse or in essence means he didn't know what he was doing was wrong. I don't really believe that. And I'll tell you why. I think that people, for example, he used the argument that, is it Zaya? What the fuck are, is their Zaya? daughter's name? Zaya, maybe Zaya. it's Zaya. I think it's Zaya. Yeah. Okay, so Dwayne Wade and Gabby's daughter, right? So Zaya, um, who is, we don't even know if she's trans. I would even use the word like queer. Or no, does she identify as trans? She identi- No, she identifies, she wants to identify as a woman, but there's no talk whatsoever about- Of transition. Uh, of so, a that, transition. so that's my point. Right, right. right. Boosie used the argument over and over that she doesn't know about her own sexuality yet because she's too young. So- That's not what he, that's not what he said. Okay, what'd he say? Go ahead. So like what he, what he said was, and by the way, I'm not- in any way defending Boosie. What Boosie said was indefensible. What I'm saying is that, well, no, what he said about Dwayne Wade's kid was, don't cut his dick off. Right. Yeah, right. but and he so, was saying, and, how do you know? So he didn't have any conversation like that because I feel like I remember right, those words. Well, well what, he, he, he was saying, the, the main point was, don't cut his dick off, Dwayne Wade. And that's never because, been a conversation because that Gabby or Dwayne what if he wants to go back having. and fuck women right. when he like, gets older? Nobody, nobody's ever had that conversation that, that I know of. I don't know what they're having a the conversation as a family, but there's never been any talk about any surgeries or anything like that. Um, their daughter is uh, dealing with a lot of things coming at them at the same time, and they're choosing to be what they should be, which is supportive parents. The, I'm not giving him an out. What I'm saying is that Anything that he gets from saying what he said is deserved. Like, that's something that's disgusting. But at the same time, there is a pervasive set of ideas and behaviors that go along with men thinking that women having sex is some kind of way, like, accessing their manhood. And that didn't start with him, and it's not going to end with him. Louisiana... Baton Rouge PD would be at his fucking door. He has a daughter. If he said that he had a guy come and fuck his daughter to make sure that she right. wasn't gay. So it's just a weird thing on how we prioritize little boys over little girls. I mean, little girls over little boys. And, and it's and it's frankly very sad. But I think the, the main thing about Zaya, fuck, we got to figure out her name, is it is clearly more unhealthy that you're forcing sex on a kid more than you are letting them change their clothes. And I don't know if you guys know this, but I just want to go through this really quickly. You cannot remove genitals or do anything like that on a 12-year-old kid. You can't even start um, 
uh, hormonal Zaya. Okay. Thank you, Benson. You can't even start like hormone treatment until I believe it's like 16 or 17. So like, this is all super preliminary. It's, it's, it's not something that's in discussion yet. And I think that is obsession with masculinity. I would say the weird. I think it's an obsession. Um, and, and before we get into the hope facts, um, I think it's weird how we have such an obsession with sexuality with children. I think it's done to young girls really quickly based on what they wear. I think that we sexualize children more than children sexualize themselves. They would have no they, fucking clue, and if they we have didn't no clue what they're <laughs> right. And I think it's fucking disgusting that right. we are putting sex onto these children instead of just allowing them to simply be children. Um, There's a so popular video with the guy who's on the pole uh, swinging around. He's an instructor. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's actually yeah. really adorable. He's like, let's do it again, little kid. Kid can't be more than three. And they're not playing any kind of music that feels sexual. He's wearing regular clothes. There's nothing porno looking about it. And to me, it seems like exercise, not to mention there's a fucking pole on the playground. Speaking of fire poles, whose fire alarm went off? That's your fire alarm. Let's oh, take a break. Shit. Um, well, no, oh, I, 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 okay. I totally um, agree with you, Van. I want to um, jump into our now ho facts. So the ho next facts. two conversations that we're going to have with you are ones that I've really wanted to have with you. So our ho facts segment is where we pull out weird facts about sex. And for you specifically, because you've been so open in the conversation, I wanted to have the conversation about porn addiction. Mm. We've talked about OnlyFans. We've talked about how you literally go onto your Twitter and see porn. But not only that, we've talked about how Pornhub has given you free premium during the quarantine. Um, but there are some effects to porn addiction, and you have talked about your experience with it. So I wanted to give some facts before we get into kind of your experience with porn. <laughs> Um, the, one of the facts that I thought was very interesting is that addiction to pornographic material is not just limited to porn videos. This comes from addictionhq.org. Um, and it says that the action a person has towards pornographic material may not just be limited to porn videos and other content available on porn websites. This addiction for porn would translate into their real life as well as they would want to quench the thirst by trying newer alternatives. Um, so it's saying that other other things include um, starting from content on the internet and moving onto a stage where the addict would not be able to control their thirst for porn in specific and sexual activity in general. You got a lot of uh, noise shit going on over there, Van. That's not me. That's not you? Who is that? Y'all heard that? that? Bitch, if it's you, <laughs> bitch, it ain't me. I ain't got nothing going on. That wasn't um, me. Anyway. Benson? <laughs> Benson, goddammit. Um, no, anyways, so I wanted to talk to you, um, if you can, um, how you think porn is healthy, but also how you think it is unhealthy and mm. which part of that you think you experience. Because I'll be honest with you, before you get into your story, because I know you have like an in-depth relationship with porn uh, <laughs> without actually doing porn, um, I actually talk about how I used it to go to sleep. Um, mm. It's been my routine, honestly, for the last maybe eight years. <laughs> Why is Mandy saying it like she's talking about reading? But it's been my routine. It's been my routine. And honestly, it's something you don't understand. very important to me. If I don't watch porn and nut before I go to sleep, I have nightmares. Or I just lay oh in bed God. and can't fall asleep. I, I have to it. bust a nut to fucking mm -hmm. sleep, okay? 
So, um, that doesn't mean you need porn. But, you gotta no, wean yourself no, off, my nigga. Because, well, no, with with so with me with masturbating, I can only masturbate visually. So I have my phone in one hand, my toy in the other. Can't do it with my imagination. I know you've talked about being real imaginative in your goddamn mind. I just did I, that shit like an hour before. I maybe literally even have to watch porn, and yeah. so with the pandemic nigga being at home all day nigga damn near rubbing my clit off my clit is almost non-existent so i've now gotten to the point where it's almost like it's doing nothing for me so wait van what the last time we caught up you were telling me how like or i don't know if you were telling me or you were talking about it how you cut off porn yeah i want yeah. to yeah can you can you share that with us kind of your unhealthy relationship with it and why you yeah. felt the need to cut it off Yo, so like it, it it got weird. So um, <laughs> you said it got uh, weird. <laughs> it got weird. Well, well, yo, here's the thing. Like when I like I am, I represent like two or three different generations of porn, right? So I'm like, so oh, I, 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 now this nigga fucking porn connoisseur. I'm being for real. It's a true. You're fact. like I've like, watched three decades of porn. I had a DVD true. and a magazine. I got that, but see, every all the shit y'all saying is all accurate. It's true. Because here's the because because here's the thing. I come home, I want to watch WrestleMania, right? I want to watch WrestleMania. I go in my dad's room. The fucking uh, VCR in the living room don't work. I, I, I try to, you know, uh, put the WrestleMania tape in. It won't take. There's already a tape in the VCR. When I play tape in the VCR, they fucking. Jimmy Z and Ebony A's, they fucking. And I'm yeah, like, oh, <laughs> shit. Now, remember. Jimmy Z sounds Jimmy like something Z. from the 90s. Jimmy Z. Now, remember this. Now, remember this now. This is during that same time I'm 12. So think about going from obsessing with titties in the shirt to seeing two people fuck. And with a lot whole of people titties out. With whole titties out. A lot of people can deal with that. The obsession started growing then. Okay? So, like, for me, I think that I went through times in my life to where I did whatever was the safest for me. You know? Okay. And so food was safe. Like it was, it was something that like I would always be able to come back to, and you knew it was gonna deliver. And really, porn was safe. Like if you, if you dial up the computer, you get on some porn, you see something, whatever you want to happen, it's going said, to happen. Dial up. We know we going dial back up, with you. Dial up. Dial up. You know what I'm saying? It, whatever you want to happen for yourself is gonna happen. Like, I think the, where the addiction start started to become like a problem for me then, and then a problem even uh, sort of more recently is when it's something that you feel like you kind of have to do. Like you every can't live without day. Right. Or, or like, or, or like you're not going to have a regular day. If every once in a while, see what I'm saying? That if every once in I a while, especially being home, if I didn't masturbate at night to put myself to sleep, I didn't sleep well. And before I got out of bed in the morning, I was like, shit, I didn't watch porn last night. So let me make up for it. And I was watching porn at seven o'clock in the morning and busting off. Just because I felt like, fuck, I didn't go to sleep to it. Let me wake up to it. And that's when I was like, okay, this ain't this ain't right. I don't really day. think, I don't know. I don't feel like porn is bad as long as you're not, like, taking it into real life. And, like, for example, like, if you are into super hardcore sex and then you start slapping motherfuckers that you fucking, like, I think that's when it becomes bad. But Bitch, as why long do you, as you think can... I, I'm Peg the Stallion? <laughs> I think seven years of gay porn got me to where I am now. And I feel like, fuck, it's ruining my sex life. No, but, I mean, but, literally, I, I, but I think I think anything that you overdo, right? Yes. So like so I, I for me this computer 
like I can't use this as a fucking pornographic machine all day. I gotta write. I ended up, it ended up being okay. a, to a situation for me to where. So wait, what do you do? Me, you use your TV instead, or like no? In order for me to get writing done, I had to go to a public place. You oh. know what I'm saying? But yeah, because if I opened the comp- if I was opening the computer, my dick was like, all right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wait, it, but like, you didn't like, answer the question. What you mean? Have you been watching porn? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's a lot of hours in the day. Yeah, a little bit, but like not like I was before. Not like not. Are like you watching before. twerking porn still, or have you graduated? Yeah, what was nah, your, what, what was your always. what was your porn preference? So we everyone knows mine is gay porn. Weezy's is bukkake and cream pies. What Jesus. is your porn choice? Big butt twerk porn. Yes. <laughs> Big, Big butt. butt twerk porn. So really, is there actual really, fucking or is it just dancing? Sometimes, but like, but but what you have to understand is like for me personally, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes there is even, but even like it's, it's like because you the, think the about ass, it on your dick, the ass obsession is so significant. It's hard for me to watch like other positions besides like cowgirl. Have you dated women with big asses, or this doesn't trap like go into real life? Like, is of course this something I have in the past? But like, no, no, no. I but th- is this something that's like? You need like for us. We need niggas with money. Do you need ass? <laughs> it's not about it's like, yeah, not necessarily. No, and I need a like, nigga with a big dick. Sorry, it's what I like. So, to, like, do, so when you date, even or like preference wise, have you felt over the years because of porn, it's kind of messed with you wanting a woman with big tits or wanting a woman with a big ass because this is how you get off. Well, I mean, yeah, is it there? There is something to be said from. Being from the South, I haven't been with too many women that aren't don't don't have nice butts. You know, right. my girl has a nice butt. So like, it's it's not it's it's not is it when you come from the South, the women that I would see. Look at this nigga. That's true. Like <laughs> the women that look, like the, I'm from Louisiana. Right now, from the South. Like you because the women that I would the ass. women that I would see, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. But like like when 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 I like kind of got to college and people were like, "Yo, man, you know who the finest chick in the world is? The finest white girl?" I'd be like, "Who?" They'd be like, "Angelina Jolie." I'd be like, "Hell no." Ah, beautiful, but Scarlett Johansson got it. Like no, nah, I don't even go. That, but that you know I can what? Deal no, with. it's you know me. I, I like my little thick girls, but even it, with men. All right, pick a white I girl, pick, Mandy. You have to. That's a game. I gotta pick a white girl. Julia Fox. Who? Carmen Electra is white, right? Yeah. I'm no, a yeah. Not Carmen Electra. Maybe she's she Latina. Latina. She's, she's not white Latina. enough. We need her whiter for the game. A whiter person that I think is fine that I would fuck like and eat her little white little pink pussy. I'm, I'm a, trying to think about it. Um, spray this mic after. Oh, that. you know what? Because she's—I think she's really good looking. I hate her talent, but Iggy Azalea, bitch, I be double tapped. Oh, Iggy Azalea, she, you just got canceled. God but, damn, I, I couldn't be less attracted. Like it, like really? it, it, it is so wild. I, like, but I like bodies. Less, really? I think I feel like whoever she's her a, doctor is. Look at this picture, dog. That bitch is beautiful. Uh, you know why? She, her, she looked like, like Amber Rose me. in this pic. That's why. Okay, see, fuck you. She doesn't off, look that white. That's off, why Mandy likes her. I, don't do that. Right. She looked a little exotic, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she wanted them black fishing ass white girls. She's a spicy white. Right. Um, anyways, no. Um, so basically, why, or, or before we get into the horrible decision, which I'm super excited to get into because I've saved this topic just for your ass, um, what 
tips would you give to somebody that thinks that they may be addicted to porn you can, and how they can go can't give them tips, it. my nigga. This motherfucker just said he's like on porn. <laughs> so I mean, he's watching this. it, but maybe not that much. <laughs> like, well, what I'm saying is like, you know, like the first thing that I would say to anyone that's trying to get a hold on anything is don't cut it out cold turkey. Just try to limit it. I looked up one time and I had, I, I had a membership to Brazzers, to Bang Bros, to Reality Kings. You was paying to, for all this? Yeah, yes. those twelve minute videos are enough. I, I pay. I pay for all of it. Number one, I pay because I support. I'm a fan. I'm a true shit. fan. Number two, I pay because I want everything in the best quality when I want it. So I don't like. I don't want to watch. Oh, you are, you are HD four like K nigga seven twenty P. 4K, 1080p. and I like to download it so I can get to the best parts. I don't have to if my stream you is fucked. Downloading up. it, you're yeah. old ass. Ain't no, I'm not. Oh, like, yeah, like, I'm saying. So what I'm Do saying you have is a porn that, folder. Yeah. Yes. I mean, <laughs> okay, is it so categorized no from being guys? Sorry. Well, no, 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 no. What I'm saying, no. What I'm saying is this though. What I'm saying is seriously though. Once it starts to kind of rear its ugly head in your relationship or in your uh, in your life, you really have to kind of. Establish limits and just right. go down from there. You don't need 20 OnlyFans. Like seven will do. Do you guys know how I knew Van was into twerking porn? Not from, he, he said it on his podcast. That's how I found out. But this is how I really found out because I too am nasty and they pop up on my Explore page. And the only person that would follow these pages, it would have one mutual and it was Van fucking Lathan, nigga. <laughs> I was like, yo. That is funny. It's other niggas. I'm not going to call have, them out. Y'all have guys, porn category comments. They're, they're guys that every time I used to follow one of those, because I don't really follow them anymore, but every time I would follow one of those, I would see their name down there too and I would be like, my nigga. And some of them are big stars, and they know who I'm talking about. But you know, this is what this, this is there. why I know me and my my gay my gay homeboys. They call they say that I am a gay man trapped in a woman body because we be liking all the same niggas' pictures, and I be like, nigga, we got the same type, and I be following all these men, and we be arguing about whose team these niggas is really on, and I'm like, listen. They be Yo, like, sorry, he plays for me, sis. Let me tell you, me and Vinny, some of you guys have met Vinny at our live show. He, he's one of my best friends. He's been on the show, and he works with Mandy and I on a tour. Me and Vinny legit have played this game when we've seen men that are super attractive, right? I'd be like, bro, is he gay or not? He's like, gay or European because the nigga dressed well, so we got to find out, right? So this is no bullshit how this shit happened one time. I think we were on a cruise together and I see this guy, he's dressed cute as fuck. I'm like, fuck, is he gay or not? So I go up to the guy, right? Vinny's watching. I go up. I'm like, excuse me, do you know the time? The guy looks at his phone. He's like, it's um, like 5.45. I was like, yes! He's, he's bored. It's mine! I'm weak. Well, guys, we're finally getting to this week's horrible decision. And this is a conversation that Van and I had on his podcast. I think that it's very important to have because we've had so much body positivity, fat shaming, how weight affects your sex conversations. Yet we've never talked to a man and how weight affects him in dating and in the bedroom. And if you guys aren't familiar with Van's journey, Van like myself, has gone through a drastic weight loss journey where he decided to get healthier and he's come forward with talking about how his weight affected him in dating and in sex. Um, but also, you know, we've been talked about as far as shaming chubbier men or thick men. And right. I know you hate the term thick. So I wanted to start off this conversation 
with asking you, Van, if we can go back to before you lost your weight and started bagging all the bitches, if we can talk about maybe some of your insecurities or how you felt weight affected you, not only in the bedroom, but with dating. Can you go back and, and talk to the women and also the, the bigger men who, who may be sharing the same experience, what that was like for you? Well, for me, you know, it, it was always plenty of guys that were a little bit bigger from Baton Rouge that did their thing. But for me, I was just too insecure. It like, it was, uh, it like, I am one of those people that like, when I was at my biggest, I think I was 370 pounds. Like, I would walk and how in, tall are you? I'm six four. Six and so, four. Okay. So I would walk into I would walk into a a room, no matter what, and be like, everybody's looking at me. Uh, everybody's looking at the fat nigga in the room. Everyone is looking at me. Everyone is staring at me. I can't eat. I can't do any of this. I can't do anything because if I get a piece of chicken, look, look at that fat ass nigga eating that piece of chicken. <laughs> if I suddenly, if like, if I if I no, go right. like, look, if it's hot outside, look at that sweaty ass fat ass nigga. Like I just thought that all the time. So, what really it was really interesting in the way that it affected me, uh, because I didn't have any sort of confidence in my looks. I had to rely on my personality. So I would okay. take it slow. What like, does that mean? You would take what me- slow? Meaning, for a time in my life, the only girls I ever dated or messed with were girls that I were in, was in classes with or that I worked with. Because you didn't get I on, was, like, chat lines and stuff? Man, they wasn't nah. up when he, was, when he was growing up anyways. Remember? Right. He, he wasn't telling us he that three, you were watching He three fucking... decades. Girl, we was, we was catching niggas on MySpace and chat lines no. when we was growing I up. I wasn't doing any of that. <laughs> I was, I, and sometimes, you know what that meant? Sometimes that meant you had to wait a nigga out. That means that, like, like you start talking <laughs> to a game. girl... And like you, you, you getting the whole thing, and then I never forget this. Tell the story in my book. I was seeing a girl that worked at Best Buy with me. Okay. And I and I was making good progress. You know, it was to the point to where I was impressing her with my fucking knowledge and all the movies I had seen and all this. It was starting to happen. She was coming over to the house and staying over and all of that stuff. Okay. And then I never forget. Like a new nigga started at Best Buy. Not a new nigga. L- Landon was his name. And as soon as he walked through the door for his interview, I looked at him and I went, that's a fucking problem. <laughs> as soon as he started for his Set interview, I was like, what did Landon look was, like? Landon was like, first was of it all, his energy? great guy. He ended up being one of the best dudes. Shout out he Landon. Was, he was swole as shit. Uh, he ended up pledging Kappa. He had the two, he had the three little cuts. Ooh, I eye. love the nigga with the slits in his eyebrows. <laughs> Me too. Oh my god, that was yeah. what B2K and all, all the little boy right. bands used to do that shit back in the day. You know, and he was cool, man. You talked to Landon. Landon was cool, like it was cool. So he came in, he came for the interview, and then fuck, I saw him. He got the job, and I swear to God, it wasn't a week later that I'm taking the trash out, and when I pass to the back, they're talking. She disappeared for a month. And she did like she disappeared for a month, but because Landon was in his bag, you know what I'm saying? He was out here doing his thing. Eventually, I knew that that would fall off. It did fall off. And where was where did she? What bed did she fall onto? 360 pounds of love and affection and understanding. So that is kind of what I felt like I had to do. I never, ever, ever, ever thought that I was attractive enough to just go up to a girl and try to see what was popping. Um, and it didn't change until... 
it didn't change until something very specific happened. As I was losing weight, like when I first got out to LA, I started like a like a Yahoo Personals profile. And I had my old fat picture up there, right? And I would come back to it every day and it was very, very depressing because there would be no hits on it, no clicks, no nothing. Like nobody was really fucking <laughs> No clicks. Like no one was like giving well, me little hot eyes. we know how them eyes. folks are in LA. Everything is vegan right. and Runyon Canyon and all that healthy shit out there. Right. And so I started losing weight. Like January of that year, I started losing weight. So I think it was maybe like July, I came back and I was like, let me change the picture. And because to update my shit and I changed the picture and it was this like nice little picture of me smiling with like a fake Academy Award. And I put that shit up there. And then I'm not trying to say that I'm like Trey songs and nothing like that. But my shit got popping. And that to me was the thing that said, yo, you straight now. And then it changed the way I kind of viewed things. But what I never lost was the fact that like, uh, I just would talk to women. What website never, was that you said you're on? It was Yahoo Personals. It turned into something else. I remember. Yeah, and like, but I never, I never lost the thing that I would just talk to women because I spent a lot of time trying to get to know women and trying to talk them, trying to make them see my personality, and that kind of never went you, away. You know what though? As, as you have such a warm personality, and as I got older, I understand that people could be like this. But I would say years, maybe even like eight years ago. Just being at that age where I was in earlier 20s and I would meet someone like you, like a van, I would say, who's so warm and friendly. And I was confused on whether they want, wanted to fuck me or not because they just had that much of a way with words that other men don't. I'm like, is this platonic or is it not? Because very few people, I think, can talk to women and make them feel that comfortable. Like, not, I mean, that, that, was the only, that was the only bullet you had in the gun, right? Yeah. And it was crazy because I would be around my niggas, right? My my homeboys at that point were all, they even still are today, all great looking, thin, outgoing guys. All of them mm. were. And the shit that they would say, I, I, like, I was like, yo. Like, like he, he, like, I remember, never forget, my boy Trey was like, we're talking to this chick, and I was agreeing with her and trying to be supportive and stuff like that. And Trey was like, nigga, stop blowing this whole head up. It's just <laughs> another example of how stupid women are. And she right. goes, yeah, women can be stupid. I was like, what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, that's that works. So you the culprit, huh? Yeah, well, I'm like well, Ben. I I want to know be, because you you mentioned going from you know 370 pounds, you lost the weight. What was the difference in sex for you as a bigger guy? Like, were there limiting positions as a bigger guy? Where you did you find yourself out of breath? I joke all the time about how as a big girl, these knees wasn't no made to stallion, so I ain't riding no dick. <laughs> Um, and I mean, I, I know that I felt a difference when I lost 80 pounds, um, from how I was energetic in the bedroom or not. How does that affect a man in the bedroom? It was way better. Number one, like I used to have self, I used to be self-conscious about sweating all, cause I used to sweat on Ooh, you. I can't stand the sweat. I used nigga. to sweat on you. Just the sweat would be just dripping down. That shit is I gross. remember, I, I remember it. actually on anybody's end. seeing one girl and she was like doing like this. Like I was like, the sweat was dripping down. And so I like, I had all kinds of, but more than anything, anything that you're expressing yourself physically, it's, it's going to be better, especially sex when you're there to make some secrets. It's going to be better the more free and confident you are. You know what I'm saying? The, 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 the more you feel like, yo, like, hold on, pause. Knowing that she wants to fuck you that bad 
is going to help your performance. Right. Like, being halfway about it, like, is she doing this just because she loves me? Is she doing this just because it's time? But knowing that she actually wants to fuck badly because she's super attracted to you, that lowers your inhibitions. Now you're not playing a mind game with yourself. You're not wondering how you look. You're not trying to, like... You know, keep the lights down or none of that shit like that. You into it. You like. And you felt like when you were bigger, women genuinely did not want to have sex with you because you were big. I never felt that way. See, I feel like it's so funny because I actually talk about the opposite. I know as a bigger woman, as a BBW, when you know they they kicked me, (laughs) they kicked me out of the BBW club. But when I was bigger, when I was two hundred and thirty pounds, I felt that men fetishized my size and loved the size I was because when I started losing weight, men were mad. Did you have any women that treated you that way to where they actually liked you as a bigger guy? Look, I they probably did, to be honest with you. Like, okay. a lot of people are going to be listening to this and, and they're going to be like, yo, Van, we always, Van was always kind of, but I didn't feel that way about myself. Right. And see, and see I, I think that's the thing. Like, if you're still in a position where you're desirable, right? If you're going some places and people are coming to you, then that's at least one way for you to gauge uh, like how you're going to feel about yourself. Right. Because you know people are still fucking with you. But if that's not happening, then it's all in your mind about how you look and how you feel. And oh, yeah, way, I used to want to fuck with the lights off. Now, right, I be you know like, what I'm saying? let's turn on the ring light, nigga. Right. You don't see this asshole. <laughs> not the ring light. <laughs> so, yeah, so, I mean, th- that was the whole thing. It's just, but there were a lot of things that changed as far as, like, I freed my brain. It wasn't It wasn't for me. And there are, by the way, there are people Millions of people, billions of people that are chubby, fluffy, yep. fat. That I that, hated that, that fluffy that, term. That are completely okay with it, sexy, proud, whatever, boom. I yes. just wasn't one of those people. It was inhibiting for me, so I had to get rid of it. No, we we interviewed a girl. Shout out to Ashley Chubby Bunny. Yes. She uh, doesn't, that, that was the first time I had ever heard someone tell me that they don't care to be called fat. She was like, oh, I am fat. Like, it is what it is. Like, I guess I've always used it, looked added as a derogatory word and she was saying and her and mandy were going back and forth and i found it so interesting mandy was like i don't like fluffy and the girl was like i don't a lot and mandy was talking about she didn't like when men squeezed her and the girl was like well i like it and it's so interesting how because to me i think what that shows us is one or the other has had someone had an influence of someone saying that their that their body isn't right or one is not celebrated enough. And I think that's really the problem is like, if you are dating somebody, if you're a woman who's dating a bigger dude, making them feel sexy. Women don't do that to their men often. Men, I believe, to be honest, give more compliments out, dish them out way more to women. And for some reason, we don't do the same. Celebrating somebody's body, whatever it fucking looks like, is very important. Making sure that you know that men can have insecurities too without letting that turn you off. We just assume niggas is going to be confident and feel good. Well, I actually do want to give a tip, too. Um, and this is before we wrap up and get to our home mail and get out of here. Um, I want to leave a tip, Van. I would like you to leave a tip, too. But even off of what Weezy just said, as far as women leaning in and giving compliments to their men, one of the things that make my men, my lovers, my partners blush, um, and it's something that I do with, especially the ones that I just find fucking makes me even hotter, like is when we're done having sex or we're just chilling in the house and we're in bed, we're naked. When they stand up, I make them walk back and forth at the end of the bed and tell them how fucking good they look naked. And I just love, I'd be like, 
before you go to the bathroom, can you just walk back and forth for me? And it makes them blush. And I'd be like, God damn, you look good naked. And that's something that I love to do when someone's at, they're literally, they're, they're, there's nothing on, no boxers, no socks. We're laying down and when they stand up, I'm just like, can you just model for me real quick, walk back and forth? And it's something that gets a giggle, but I, that's how I like to show the man that I'm with that I think they're com- I, I'm completely attracted to them and everything about them looks beautiful from their head to their toe. Um, I guess, Van, before we let you go and get to our home mail, um, do you have a tip for any of the bigger men listening or – or women who are dating big men to make maybe their partners feel more confident in themselves? Um, well, one thing that always, that I use even now with my girl is affection. Mm. Like, like number one, uh, uh, like, I'm very affectionate. Like, affection is uh, a way that you always let someone know that, like, you're physically connected to them. So if you're, if, if someone... If, if you feel if you feel like you're not desirable, then you're going to feel like nobody wants to touch you. And mm. that is the thing that emotionally isolates you. Like when you feel like no one wants to touch you, who will want to touch me? The yeah. moment that you are touched by somebody, you feel like this is a person who is willingly being close to me. When I say affectionate, I don't mean like being draped on over somebody all the time. When she walks by, smack her ass real quick. I like say that. that. You know what I'm saying? Like, like with like like you pass by, kiss her on the back of the neck. You know what I'm saying? And, and like with 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 women, if you if your man's sitting down, play the game. Your ball, he's bothering you. He's not playing the game. Just if you want to get his attention, roll over, lay your head on his lap real quick. I'm not saying pull his meat out and suck his dick. Although that would be amazing. Although like, I was about to like, say that's like, where like, I'm that going next. During like, the like, game, I feel like it depends on the game. Like if you if you, like if you like it does like if you try to see if you're dick, like, if you're no if you, if you're a dick sucker I think that's my problem today I tried to come in here in this nah, motherfucking kitchen and get some dick. He already know you lean on but, the lap you sucking the dick you not. But see this lap. nigga knows that like he can get the pussy all the time like I'm always sucking dick so I was trying to suck dick while he was like kind of working I don't know if he was really working but he was like baby I gotta finish this and I was like really. <laughs> <laughs> y'all was tight and my fucking ego was bruised and i was like you know what it's because i'm a, I, I dick suck a lot i'm a dick yeah. sucking bitch in this but house. the reality is that it. that's dope but that man also gotta get shit done so pick your say battles it. pick it. your battles he got a whole ass job Weezy. he got a whole ass a job a whole ass job you know well, you want this I'm man to be hiatus. about to <laughs> 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 mm. anyway right, let's get to this show, show the person so- the person that you with show them you're attracted to him by touching them I love I that. I love that. So again, before you get out, we're not we don't have home mail today, but we have a whole confession. Um, this is actually one sent in. We spoke about machine sex recently, and someone wrote in and said, Hi ladies, big fan of the show. I've recommended it to so many friends. The conversation around normalizing kinks and expressing your needs is so important. I just listened to the most recent episode and I wanted to share my experience with machine sex. My partner and I sometimes do MMF. Now, now, we talked about this with Miss um, B. Nasty, MMF being male, male, female, but mm. she is referring to male machine female. He bought the machine earlier 
on in our relationship because he was planning on making a film project with it. Or at least that was one of the reasons he gave me. He would also use it for solo play once in a while. He is into pegging and for a while we had opposite schedules. So when I wasn't around for that kind of play, he could do this on his own. I wasn't interested in the machine until about a year into our relationship. And I finally thought, why not? When we play, he controls the machine, which is very hot for him. He can make it go faster or slower, and he can watch me get penetrated, and he can also see how excited I get. He loves it. When the machine is going, I can also suck his dick while getting fucked, which is very exciting for me. You can attach any size dildo you want to the machine. It never gets tired, and it's all over. And when it's all over, I get to cuddle with my partner, and the machine doesn't get any of our attention. My experience with machine play has been great. Stay healthy. You ever played with a machine, um, Van? No, but I used to have a subscription to fuckingmachines.com. You ever have a sleeve? <laughs> There's fuckingmachines.com. I, I at fuckingmachines.com, kink.com. I had a, a subscription to fuckingmachines.com. No, I did have... You like, sick fuck. You but- are really a porn <laughs> addict. God, this like never played with machines, but had a subscription to fuckingmachines.com. You know what it is, site. though? You can just add them on. Like once you're on browsers and stuff, it's like, do you want to join click, Dog click, Pound click. for a dollar? Fuck it. They, they, get, they get you with fucking five sites. It's like you join one and they go, hey, just that's to let it. you know. That's, that's, that's really what it is. $30 that's- lifetime membership to this other. I'm like, fucking why not? I you know what? Hard. At the end of the day, shout out to Crystalia. It doesn't make a fucking debt, okay? It doesn't. You see that it adds a dollar a month? What the fuck am I going to miss $12 for a bitch? I'll drink that shit in Starbucks in like a second. Facts. My Starbucks bill was $17.96 today. And I'm like, what the fuck? That's three OnlyFans, depending on who fuck? the girls are. Mm-hmm. Who's, your, who, who's one of your favorites before we get out? Yes. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't remember now. Like, it's too many. It's like it's like a lot. Good, good. All of them. I mean, they, you they're said all, all of them. Oh, you know what? But you know what? Miss B Nasty is great. Yeah. She's amazing. But she's like a but she's like she's a savant at it though. Like she's like weirdly not just it's just like she's super entertaining as well. She's yeah, like has, I'm starting to get to the thing. point where I don't know and this is no shade to Miss B Nasty. I'm so enamored with watching her. I don't masturbate to it anymore. I ain't gonna, I'm like, like what's she going to do it's, now? It's almost like performance art in it's, a way. It 100% is and I I actually was was telling her i was like bitch this is why i don't even make videos well first of all i don't like sending nudes or videos anyways but i was like when i see the only fans content that comes across my twitter timeline i'm like if this is what bitches are sending to niggas phones i can't compete <laughs> i cannot fucking compete yo be nasty was talking about how she would get her foot nigga and and suck a dick like this okay and i, I was like, like Damn. I'm a regular person now. I yeah. thought I was, I, was I had it like, in me, damn. but I don't. Anyway. Y'all, if, y'all, if y'all love what Van had to say, first off, Van, thank you for finally getting on with us and joining us for Horrible love Decisions. Before we get out of here, let everyone who doesn't know, even though I feel like everybody know who the fuck you is, for those who don't know, let them know your at name, where they can find you, and also what other content you got coming out so people can listen to your little um, hotep ass. Sometimes you hotep, but not really. Um, <laughs> where can they listen to your hot takes? Um, at Van Lathan on Instagram and Twitter, of course, uh, we have Way Down in the Hole, me and Jamil Hill, that's based on the Wire podcast we have right now. We have a brand new podcast coming with me and Rachel Lindsay uh, to start on The Ringer um, in the next she couple of weeks. No, Rachel Lindsay is the first black bachelorette. Okay. I'm all yeah. right. Yeah. Right. So, the, so, um, I ain't gonna lie, I thought she was white too by that name. No, Rachel no. Lindsay. Like, 
No, Rachel Lindsay is going to be great. Um, uh, other than that, like we got a couple of TV shows coming out. We got a couple of different. We got a lot of shit going on. So just stay with me. She and I'll is stay black. With you. Would you look at that? Yeah, Rachel. Lindsay. I think he knows the color of his co-host. I don't care. I just didn't believe it. I wanted <laughs> to see what time. So yesterday, I saw her on the Zoom. I mean, said her. No, a she's lot a black times. girl. Black girl. She's not even like a she's fake one. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. She's <laughs> she's yeah, a Rachel black Lindsay. girl. Right. Yeah. I'm playing. <laughs> well, I mean, shit. Uh, if you guys haven't listened to uh, listen yet, and we have them coming on our podcast, Weezy, I saw the title to your episode on Poor Minds, and she's like, "Am I black enough?" or whatever the fucking title was. They be coming up with oh, with that's funny right. Ass titles. Next week, you guys are gonna hear Poor Minds on our show. I just did their show. Check them out. Um, they were really fun. Like, I, I I think they did a great job in asking me questions. Like. That, that were kind of, I feel like when people have me on their podcast, they want to be like, oh, hell's horrible decisions coming up. Talk about your threesomes. But they were like, yo, we be reading comments where people say that you want to be white. And I was like, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, that ain't shit. Anyway, that, that was a good question. I, I do want to, um, before we get off of here, um, thank you guys for tuning in. Yes, we are on YouTube now, so we haven't done it yet. Um, but I actually want to give a huge shout out to the person in charge of our videos and social, Benson. You guys heard Benson when we were in the studio a little bit, but I don't think we've acknowledged him as someone who's been making sure that we have our videos up on YouTube. So I do want to give a shout out to Benson. I also want to give a huge shout out as always, to our Patreon community. Um, without y'all, there would be no us, honestly, right now. Goddamn, y'all keeping us afloat. Um, if you guys are all caught up with... Benson. You know, <laughs> if y'all are all caught up with Horrible Decisions content, be sure to join us, and we are leaving you a five-minute clip after this. Also, if you guys missed me um, having a conversation again, I told you guys I went on live um, last Tuesday with Jadena, my fucking future husband. We ended up talking about Mating in Captivity by Esther Perel. Um, and it was just a really, really good conversation. If you guys want to hear a conversation where it's three black men digging into intimacy and desire and communication, it's really good. I know that you guys hear Weezy and I and a ton of females, but it was really good to just be the one girl in a room of up to four black men. I bet really it talking was about being. It. I mean, I ain't gonna lie. Really what? fun for you, Mandy. <laughs> Yo, shut the fuck up. I ain't gonna lie. I was like, God damn, Jadena, you making me fucking wet. Stop. I was really like, I'm a sapiosexual now. I'm very sexual, sexual. Where but is I'm a this? sapiosexual now. So it's on Jadena's YouTube. If okay. you go to his his um channel, you can tune into us. So it's the lit review, and literally every week it's black men reviewing books. That makes my pussy wet. I don't know about you, but it makes my fucking pussy wet. So check that out. Um, and yeah, do you have any anything for to, to let them know about with you before we get out of here? No, I'm a loser. Have a I good day, week, guys. <laughs> Anyways, um, guys, we want to thank y'all for tuning in to yet another episode of Horrible Decisions. Bye. Bye. And we talk about it. So for this, it is going to lead me to ask you a question, too. This is where we get a little crazy. So the whole fact that I found is Lisa Sparks, who is a porn star, holds the record for having intercourse with the most men in 24 hours. She is recorded to have sex with 919 men in 24 hours, setting a world record in 2004. <laughs> Bitch. So my question is, how many men max would you have sex with in a 24-hour time frame 
in exchange for $1 million. I had to throw money out there because we ain't shit. So, how many men max would you have sex with in 24 hours in exchange for a million dollars? So, this is thinking the most hoest you would be for a million dollars. It's just a million. I got a lot of people to take care of. I, I'm not going to lie. 900 and something. That's, that's not happening. First of all, in real life, the max that I've had sex with in 24 hours is two men. And that's all that I'm going to do. To me, that is like, it's a lot of energy. And I didn't feel good about that. I, even if I got the million dollars, I feel like I don't know where I would be at (laughs) mentally. And I am a freak, but I also like value my body. No matter what people say about me, I do. It's going to be two. And it's going to be the best, great, the best two sexes of the million dollar lives. But that's it. But you done did two for free. You got to go more than two if you done did two for free. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I it's not it's not gonna be quality. I'm just gonna be laying there, and I'm gonna look like I'm just gonna be laying there. Like it's not. I can't do it. That's a lot of body. That is. And that's only a million. Now you want to talk about some the fact like that you say only like, a million, bitch. I ain't even gonna hold you. You know how excited I just got for getting that twelve hundred. Oh, what, bitch? Like, what are we doing with all the men? Is it just, do I just got to lay down and open my legs? I can't do it. I'm going to be tired. I'm going to be asleep. No. Mm -mm. No, you're like, "Mm mm-mm. It's max is two. What's your max? Uh, First off, this question wasn't for me. (laughs) Because I ain't even going to hold you. Got a little fantasy of a little gang bang. So I'm like, damn, man, I get paid a million? I ain't going to hold you. I probably do do a solid six. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, that's a lot. It is, but bitch, I be watching these gangbangs, and you know, I be going down the porn rabbit hole, and I'm like, this looks like fun. Well, six. six I hope nice they don't provide dick. health insurance. I because... thought about being on a court with a starting five before, so I'm like, damn, look at this starting five, bitch. <laughs> All of them could get it at the same time, bitch. I, I done thought about being in the locker room. Okay, <laughs> shit. I have been having fantasies lately about a train being That's ran what on I'm me. I'm saying you can't do a train with two, bitch. Caboose, caboose. Only two, no, though. we need, yeah, we only need three two. or four. <laughs> <laughs> so the next segment is the hors d'oeuvre. I decided to find a sex tip, and I would love for you to add a sex tip. Um, I wanted to focus on quarantine sex tips, and because my feet is so goddamn raggedy, I was trying to look up sex tips involving socks because I don't want to show these feet even if I decide to have dick during the stay at home. So I actually ended up finding this is a sex tip, but the sex tip is to have socks on while having sex. Women who have difficulty reaching orgasm just may have cold feet, literally. There's a study that found that giving women warm socks increased their chance of reaching an orgasm. Environment is key when having sex, especially for women. So Holstieg found that the reason socks tend to boost the female sex drive is because they help women feel safe and secure. So if you're trying to reach climax, you'll have a tougher time if the parts of your brain that cause fear and anxiety are active. So they say that for women, we talked about using lube as a way to reach orgasm. So here's a sex Mm -hmm. tip. If you haven't tried it yet, try fucking with socks on. And bitch, 
the way my feet are set up right now, I'm here for it. Let me know I could get an orgasm with these feet looking the way they do, sis, because... Oh, it's so crazy because I fucking hate when people have socks on their fucking. I would rather maybe some like thigh highs and like a like a pantyhose or something with the whole. It's something about socks, and that is one of the reasons why I can't get into black porn. Oh I hate when God. like the niggas See, have I on just socks hate the and, wigs and, and the makeup. <sighs> the the hair on the women bother me, but wait, you hate a man even fucking in socks? 